And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is back in session. Here for another guest speaker episode at AOA Studios. If you're an artist, creative, podcaster of any kind, make sure you hit us up. Head to our web- website, www.aoastudios.org. We're holding a special on all of our services, and I am joined by a very special guest today. He came all the way from Providence, Rhode Island, originally from Dorchester, Massachusetts. Everyone give a nice warm welcome to Derek Tyler. Thanks. Derek, thanks so much for jumping on the turntable teachers man and i heard your first interview so hopefully we uh we we, hopefully we give you a good experience leaving here so how are you man how's things what's going on doing pretty well man uh like you said you know that providence drive is crazy but (laughs) you know i was honored to be here um to even be selected to be on this um podcast you know i did my research and you know you guys are startup uh, you were telling me a lot about it before we got on here, and I love to be a part of stuff like that. So, once again, I do want to just thank you, you know, of for course. allowing me to be on this platform and you know get my first interview out there. Yeah, definitely, you know? man, definitely. And I think it's it's well overdue. You you've definitely it was yes. it was cool because um, I like when I come on to new artists. Mm. Um, I always feel like you know even when I've thought like all right, I think I've found just about everybody there is to know in the New mm. England area. Um, someone new pops up and you were definitely somebody you had reached out to me what maybe a month ago a little over that now and mm-hmm. um, yeah and I, I, I was like shocked I was like oh man this dude's talented as hell and I don't really know much about him so I, I was intrigued to have you on and I appreciate the way the way in which you reached out because um, you know and he wasn't just like yo check out my track <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've, I feel like when you do things like that, it's like, think about if that was you. You don't want to hear that, especially if you're someone that's running uh, a podcast. It's like, you know how many people are sending me their links a day? Like, come on, man. You know, give it a different approach, you know? So that's how I like to approach things, especially when it's involving music. Yeah, no, you were super cordial. Like, you seemed like you had your shit together. And, like, I, I just appreciated that a lot. So that's no, why, I, like, I wanted to have you on. And you seemed like a, a genuinely, like, good dude. And I liked a lot of the content you were putting out. And I think you have a wide range of creative talents. So I definitely wanted to have you on because I feel like you, you bring a definitely a unique, um, I think, perspective that maybe we don't get often. This is the objective part of the podcast where we get to know a little bit about Derek. Um, so... With you, I know obviously you're from Dorchester, yeah. um, and you went to school in Providence, Johnson and Wales. Uh, graduated in 2020, and then you've been there ever since. So I'm really curious to kind of hear your upbringing with music. And I know for anyone for context that doesn't know Derek, definitely a R&B artist, soul, um, maybe bridging a little bit of pop here and there. But you definitely do a ton of covers. I feel like that's what yeah. really like put me on when you when you had you know reached out to me and I had like was doing my, my research on you I was like oh wow you definitely bust out a lot of covers but I'm just curious for you like when you were growing up um in Dorchester like how did music really shape you and how did you kind of get to that place where you decided like all right I want to start like actually making music and singing so originally this is so weird but when I was like 10 10 years old I literally thought everybody could sing it's so really? weird because I so. <laughs> no, because I was in the mindset like I used to sing around the house, my mom, my dad, like 
even my brother, sometimes they'd be like, yo, like, you know, you sound good. Um, you should actually, like, start singing, like, actually performing. And I was like, I mean, I'm young at the time. I didn't really know necessarily where to start. Um, but I, I did have um, a church at the time that one of my family members, you know, ended up bringing me to. And that's how I really got started, um, you know, with performing. Um, it was actually from church. Um, I did that up until eighth grade. Um, from there, I kind of took a different approach with it because although, you know, I loved going to church, I was really into mainstream music. Yeah. So it didn't really align with what I wanted to do. So from that time, I started doing talent shows up into high school. Um, after high school, you know, kept doing local shows outside of um, the area. But really, you know, once I graduated, I started finding my own footing. Um, started working with artists in Boston, um, also in Providence. Just getting myself more out there, making connections. Every time I did an event, um, just making sure you, you know, actually stay in contact with those people because you never know what type of opportunity it's going to present 100%. in the future. I know? completely agree. I think that that's super important. The networking piece is really everything, when, especially when it comes to like a place like Boston, really New England in general, that maybe doesn't get as much of the national shine. I think that's really important when you're networking around here. Um, no, I noticed that you had definitely collaborated with some people that I'm familiar with. Like I know you had uh, either at least one song, if not maybe multiple, with Clark. Clark D had done a, a, some of your yeah. uh, production in the past. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Clark. He's doing big things down in Atlanta now, and he's a great, great, great guy, super talented. Um but for you, like when you were start getting, you know, getting your start in Dorchester, like, and especially, um, you know, with these covers um, that you've done, like, when did you really start to like, when was the moment for you? Like, if you can recall, if do you remember like a, a time where you were like, I'm really going to start actually like doing this seriously? Because I know obviously you had said, you know, you were singing in church and things like that. And I feel like that's a, like a lot of not a lot, but that definitely um is some people's mm. start where they, you know, sing in church choirs or, uh, you know, talent shows, different things like that. But when was it for you where you're like, all right, I don't really want to start like covering songs? Um, I would definitely say, I would say definitely around the time of eighth grade for yeah. sure. I started doing it, but I wasn't too confident in myself because I don't know if you know, like when you first get on the camera, you're just like, it's, it's a whole new experience. Oh, yeah. After a while, you get used to it. Same thing with anything, but it just feels really weird at first, especially like when you don't really have an audience and necessarily the videos you post, only your friends are seeing. Yeah. So you kind of have to mold yourself into a person of, yeah, this is who I am. So you got to just get used to it and you do it over and over again. And I would say as I kept doing it over the years, especially once I started um, getting into college, like it really started taking off for me. And I felt a lot more comfortable. Like, if you go on my Instagram, like, one of my top covers is uh, a song to Bobby Caldwell's What You Won't Do For Love. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was really something that I was like, man, like, I bought my own camera. Um, as you know, like, I do photography on the side as well. And from there, I just kept using that, utilizing it. So I was like, you know, I don't have to ask anybody to take pictures for me. Um, you know, I could record my own videos. Um, so really it was just something that happened over time and I just got more comfortable with it over and over, yeah. like as I progressed, um, with doing it, you know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's so funny. You mentioned this cause one of our, a couple previous episodes, uh, since we had senseless optimism on the show and Lily 
one of her most recent songs is uh, the Bobby Caldwell cover. What oh, I did up. see that. Did see I did it? see that. Yep. That's I re- saw that. That's, weird, that's really funny you're bringing that up here now. That's tough. So, yeah, yeah, he's a great artist, man. Oh, 100%. 100%. He's mm-hmm. very, very influential. Rest in peace. I know he just recently yes. passed. But um, no, that's so cool, man. And then like for you, though, when you were growing up in your house, like what type of music was being played throughout? Like you said, you sang a lot in the house. Like I'm, I'm guessing there was music being played. I would say, man, a lot of hip hop, R and B. Um, I got a lot of the pop from my mom. I would say okay. my dad is like a straight, like straight rap, straight you know rap. I mean? Yeah, yeah. But my mom, like, she kind of gave me the pop element. I would say, um, which is what you would hear, like, with some of my songs. Like, imagine, um, sure, you know, my most recent one, "Time Is Right." It kind of has that element to it. Um, so I would say definitely like just mainly pop, R and B, and yeah. hip hop. Gotcha. You know, those are mainly the the three genres that yeah. I heard throughout my household. Awesome. And you like were dead set on singing, like no rapping whatsoever. Because I, I know you. Well, unless I don't know if you can rap. I haven't seen you rap, but you can know, you can you a little bit? <laughs> I can rap. I can rap, but it just feels wrong knowing that I can sing. You know what I mean? Like I can actually rap. I have a couple of records that I've done. Yeah. Even if you listen to um, you know, I did a song I believe a couple of years ago called Knocking. Okay. It's it's kind of like a hip hop, you know, DJ mustard type beat. Yeah. Um, I got from one of my producers called uh Lyric Major. Okay. Um, he's basically the one that kinda got me on that wave for a little bit. But if you listen to the song, it kinda shows a little bit of my rapping ability, even though I'm kind of singing. I would say it's like strapping. You're singing <laughs> and rapping at the same time. Definitely. But I've done rapping before. Um it just doesn't really feel right to me at this time because I'm yeah. still trying to get somewhere with my actual voice. Totally. You know, um, I'm trying to reach my highest potential with that. Um, but it's definitely something that I'm open to um, hmm. in the future. Um, probably showcasing it more on tracks. But as of right now, man, I got this voice and I'm trying to go all the way 100%. with it. No, it's so funny because I actually manage an artist uh, by the name of Mako. And he, same thing, like he's a great singer. And that's like his really entry point. He does more mm-hmm. like indie pop. But he can rap and yeah. not a lot of people know that. And he showcases it like once a year, I feel like, but like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he truly like, is like, this is like the lane, the genre that I want to head in. So, exactly. so you can do it. You just some, you know, most of the time choose not to, unless if the, the yeah. if, if unless the feeling yeah. or unless you overwhelmingly feel as though you want to. And don't get me wrong, man. Like I can do it, but don't get me wrong. I would even say if you ask the people around me in my circle, like I probably listen to rap more than like as you see like I, I got know, a Tupac I know. shirt on right now, you know I probably listen to rap more than I do with R and B. But obviously I have a love for R and B and pop yeah, music as well. Totally. Um, and it's something that you know, like I said, I, I want to explore with my voice, see different sounds that I can try. Yeah. Um, and get it as as far as I can with with my voice and my singing at this point. You know. Yeah, and I and I think too at this point, like in music, like in 2023, like there's so much genre blending that happens now. It's like there's really no set like quote unquote R and B sound mm-hmm. anymore, or hip hop sound, or even rock or pop. Like there's so many of these sub genres now that's almost like you can mix and match influences and mix and match sounds and like it really not blink an eye. It doesn't, it doesn't, you don't have to be, I, I, I think boxing your, I actually like that. Cause then you, you don't feel as though you have to box yourself in one way or the other. Yeah. exactly. And, and almost you can separate it a little bit. Like you can enjoy rap for what it is and not feel the pressure mm-hmm. to rap. And then, 
you know, even though, and then, you know, focus on more of the soul aspect and R and B aspect of your actual like song sound. Exactly. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does make sense. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Like perfect example is that of that is, um, XXX Tentacion. Yeah. Perfect yeah. example. You, like, you covered a song of his a, lo- a while back, I, I didn't you? I covered, um, yeah. it was about three, four years ago. Yeah, I, wanted to, I um, felt like it was a while ago. It was called, uh, Changes okay. with him and P&B yep. Rock. Yeah. Like, that's a perfect example. If you heard that song and then you listen to, um, Look At Me, it's like a, a rage <laughs> rap song. Like, he's all about, like, just turning up in that song. But if you hear Changes, it's a ballad. You know, it's like right. a completely different um, flip. And that's like what I want to bring to music. You know what I mean? 100%. I don't want to be put in a box where I have to do one thing, which is why I'm still open to rapping. But at this point, I really just want to, you know, you know, focus on singing. Definitely. I love that, man. That's that's awesome. Um, in terms of you now being in Providence. So, you know, talk to me, talk to me about the scene there, because like I'm a little bit unfamiliar with like a lot of the ins and outs of the scene. I do, I am understanding, or I've known that it is, there is an artistic element to Providence a hundred percent. What's it like living there now? And how do you maybe compare it to a place like Boston? To be honest, it's not too different. It's like a mini Boston without sports. Yeah. That's literally what it is. It's literally like a mini Boston without sports. Hmm. Like, I would say the music scene is just about the same out there in Providence. It's just that I feel like New England as a whole, there's not really, there's no culture for music. There's a lot of people that do music. There's a lot of talented people. Like even you said, like there's always people that you're finding and you're Mm -hmm. like, man, I didn't even know about this person, but they're talented as hell. But I just feel like we in Boston, New England in general, like we just need to create a culture. Like, there mm. needs to be a sound in these areas. Like, Providence, I've done plenty of shows. I got a couple of shows coming up. Um, and that's, like, a perfect example. I did it last year. Like, I, I found artists in Providence I would never even heard of. And I'm like, damn, they actually do genuinely have talent. Um, as well as uh, a show that's being hosted by one of my friends, um, Jay Calendar on Instagram is his name. Um, he's doing a show on New Bedford. Like, even that. Like, there's so many artists I've seen from his shows in particular. Yeah. Like, he does a lot of open mics. Where I'm like, man, like, we have all this talent, but it doesn't seem like... It, it kind of goes unnoticed. It's weird. Like, if you have that in New York, everybody's going to know about it. Sure, sure. And, and they could be the most average artist. <laughs> no offense, New York, but I don't know. It, I just feel like we just need to keep pushing that. Yeah. Pushing the agenda, and eventually you know, people will realize, hey, New England, we actually do have some talented artists. Oh, 100%. There's, I, I think what you're saying, I completely agree with you. I've said this before. I think there, it lacks infrastructure. Yeah. Like a musical infrastructure that, like, where you, if you're, like, for example, and I think there's more, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard because in Massachusetts, there's a ton of music platforms and podcasts and different things. And I think one of the things that we're trying to, that I would like to see us try to do is create some kind of infrastructure where like, you know, you have a song you're releasing or a big project, like you can legitimately go through a press run through all these platforms mm-hmm. or, or, or many of them and feel as though that there's a reach there. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that we're still building it. I think it's going to take time. Um, I think social media has in a lot of ways helped it, but 
I think that, like you said, I think still we have a long way to go in New England in terms of making it like a, a scene where people will be like, all right, yeah, like that's the sound that comes out of New England. I think so much we get, uh, like you said, I think we get looked at a little bit too closely to New York and we just kind of get thrown in as like yeah. an East Coast, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing too. It's like, I feel like artists here, um, like we do have a lot of big artists um sure. that have came out of boston yeah um you know if you look back i mean i know this is a long time ago but you know new edition mm. um bobby brown huge artist um you would think like it kind of would leave more of a staple but it doesn't mm. even today um you know coilerae we have sure. cousin stiz we have millie's <sighs> you know I-, I feel like those are really big artists and they've like put a staple in the music game but I don't know. It just kind of gets overlooked sometimes. Mm. I I can't put it into words. It's hard. I it just is hard feel to put like words, it yeah. should be more of a hey man, watch out for Boston man. Look what they've produced. Like I don't ever get that. You know, you watch certain podcasts. Mm. I just don't really get that from them. No, know? I no, I I, understand. I want yeah. that to be more ingrained in the um in the at least in the New England area. Yeah, even someone like Jordan Lucas too. I think a lot of people don't even remember yes, he's from Worcester. From Worcester, you know? Mass. I think the one person that does rep Boston and Massachusetts more than the rest, I think Millie's definitely does. Yeah. I feel like he definitely like even though he's in New York now, I definitely feel as though I, I, I see him really repping. And I like that. I, I do too. I wish more of them would, but I but also it's it's at at the same time though, it's like, you know, and this is up for debate, but like, what is their responsibility to do that? You know, like do, should, should they feel obligated to do that if they don't? Because I, I think when they were coming up, I don't think, I think the infrastructure now is better than it was five, six, seven years ago in Massachusetts. But I think when they were coming up there, there really wasn't as much of one or, or it was way more underground yeah, than it, it is. It must have been way more underground, especially right. for Millie's because he's older. He's in his right, 30s. a lot of them are a lot of them are in their late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. Maybe Coyle Ray is a little bit yeah, she's, young. She's a little yeah. bit younger, but um, but yeah, no, I think that there's a piece of that. I I, I hear what you're saying. And I think that makes a lot of sense. It's just I, I wonder how we change that. You know, like what is what is going to change that is 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 the question. So I don't know. Who, who who really knows? Who knows? Because Atlanta and Chicago, I think both have really interesting and scenes. Exactly. And I think exactly. I mean like Clark D's a beautiful example. Like he he's in Atlanta now. Like mm. you don't I think the fact I think we'll hopefully I, I hope that there's a time and place where people don't feel obligated that they have to go they have to like uproot their lives and move to New York or LA or, that or you LA, can, yeah, just yeah. to like get something going. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. You should be able to do everything you want from this area. From where you are. You know exactly. what I mean? And you see and that. that. You, and that you can go to L.A. and New York for various reasons mm-hmm. if you need to, but you don't have to move there and uproot your life. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Yeah. And you can be a bigger fish in a smaller smaller pond exactly. versus trying to be a fish in a and large like, yeah. <laughs> Full of piranhas and You're sharks. Piranhas <laughs> and sharks. That's a good analogy. Like, I completely agree. But yeah. Yeah. That's awesome though. And and you you enjoy Providence? Is that like a place you, you you've like you've enjoyed living over the last, you know, three, four no, you've really been there longer because you've been there for college. So really probably yeah. the last what, like six, seven years you've yeah, been down there? It really there? has. Yeah. yeah, it's been a long time. Um I definitely enjoy it. Uh it's a very small, quiet, quiet little city. Um 
I would say definitely like really one of the best areas out there. I would say is Atwell's Ave, okay. like Federal Hill. It's cool to like be there. I would say that's the most like jumping spot in the summer. Um, like it's one of those strips where like people will literally rent out Corvettes, they'll rent out Camaros just to drive down that one strip. It's so like it's crazy. <laughs> I'm like, dude. Come on now, you doing it? Drive right back and forth like it's like, like it's Miami Beach or something like. But yeah, I would say Atwell's Ave is probably like the most popping area for like younger people in the summertime. Um, I would say maybe downtown occasionally, depending on what's going on. But downtown's really small there, but it's yeah. cool. Like I said, it's like a mini version of Boston without sports. I think Providence has a lot of like uniqueness to it. And um, every time I've been there, I've definitely enjoyed my time there. Um, but yeah, definitely a small, even small. Like a lot of people I think say Boston is a smaller version of New York. So mm-hmm. now you're really going smaller, smaller, smaller. But is there like a, a like a music community there, like an arts community that you've like and found yourself ingrained in or like different shows that are like, or not even shows, but like venues that are, are popular in, in, in Providence for, for music that, um, that like people go to often or. Mm, I would say for music in Providence, it really, there's not like one specific place. I, I feel like one of the biggest areas they have there is the Dunkin' Donuts Center. Oh, wow. Like, they do a lot of things there as far as, like, games. Um, I know they hold some hockey games there. I know they had um, some of the WWE cast come down there. But as far as, like, for music, uh, it really just depends. Like, sometimes they'll have stuff at the Strand. Like, I know LMA was down there a couple of weeks ago. Oh, wow. um, Performing. But I wouldn't say there's, like, a set venue, like, as opposed to, like, Boston, where it's, like, House of Blues or um, um, Mansfield uh, with the Xfinity Center or TD Garden. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't really say there's, like, a necessary, like, place all artists go to. Gotcha. It's usually just whatever's the best venue they could find at the time. Right, right. You know what I mean? Or more, like, live bands and, like, like, dive bars and different things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I was looking out because I was researching. We're we're potentially trying to do a show out there with my my team, and, um, like, the parlor has come up a couple of times. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Never heard of them. Oh, interesting. It's um, somewhere in Providence. It's a venue. I'm not 100% sure, but I've heard it's it's got live music, or at least they, they, they have, like, live bands come in, like, you know, local bands come in, like, um, even maybe like cover bands and different things like that come in on like weekends and whatnot. So yeah, yeah. Another place um that I did go to um I believe a couple of years ago was Ten Rocks Tapas. Oh okay. They're like a live music um bar area, but like I said, it, it I feel like a lot of people don't really come to Providence like that. Sure, no, I understand. If you're gonna yeah. come to the Northeast, like. A, to at least New England, you're going to go to Boston. Yeah. Like, yeah. it kind of gets glanced <laughs> yeah. over. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I wouldn't say there's a set venue. Got gotcha. you. Got gotcha. you. Understood. Well, it's really cool, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm super, uh, you know, uh, interested in, like, like yeah, we haven't really had anybody from your area come on. So, this is, or, or the Providence area, I should say. So, it's really interesting. Um, now, I want to move on to the main lesson where we get to like definitely know what's going on with you right now in your career and you just have dropped uh not super recent but within the last couple months you dropped a single called time is right Mm -hmm. um so i want to talk a little bit about that song for sure since it's your most recent recent song um actually mind if we play a clip clip of it for the people 
Yeah, no problem. Awesome. All right, we're going to take a quick break. This is Derek Tyler's newest single, Time Is Right. We'll be right back. I got a smooth one for you. <laughs> real smooth. Real, real, real smooth. <laughs> is right it is my night the time is right it is my night it's sweet right around the city if i want it then i get it heating up baby can you feel it that's my motor girl can you dig it if you stick around tonight i might just change your life because tonight is the night the time is just right i'm feeling so divine all right and that was time is right by derek tyler make sure you check that song out it's in the just linked in the description stream that stuff it's doing pretty well on on, you know you got a couple thousand or more than that i think it's like up to over five thousand on spotify i noticed it's it's doing pretty well so tell me about this song it's kind of it seems like your most successful song to date so um curious like you know inspiration behind it like really now since it's been out three or four months like how how you feel like now that it's really that kind of been sat and people have digested it a little bit so as far as uh time is right goes um first and foremost it was like my first time ever um singing over a beat where it's basically bass bass guitar a lot um as you know like with my past two singles um imagine as well uh, I've, I've just really tried to do things outside of the box mm-hmm. um so my mindset with coming into time is right is i really wanted something that i could showcase like basically my love for the 80s i love like old school music as you know we we spoke about bobby caldwell earlier yeah. i love like covering old school songs because i feel like it really fits my soulful voice um so that was a main inspiration behind time is right because i feel like i hadn't done that at all with any of my recent singles um but it was a beat produced by lyric major and as far as the song i just wanted something you know basically that you could play in the summer with the top down you know and it's just smooth you know you know uh it, it wasn't really predicated behind any one individual or anything like that it was just more so a feel good song for people to listen to in the summer whether you're you know drinking a culotte on the beach mm-hmm. or driving with the top down on a on a camaro or whatever it is you know or a corvette, just a feel, a corvette. <laughs> yeah you know just just a feel good song you know yeah 100 percent. uh well it's also available on our spotify playlist as well uh, night school in the music also linked in the description so definitely make sure you guys stream that for for derek it is a great great song um i'm definitely enjoying it uh bumped it a couple times actually right right down to the studio to re, you know uh to, to get it get it in my head for uh for today but um i'm really interested to hear the 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 sort of t- um the change in your approach because i know you had done a like you were doing a lot of covers have you always like have you always written your own original music along with it or where was that like shift or transition for you where like All right, i'm actually going to start songwriting versus just doing covers like when do you remember when that shift was for you at all so to be honest i've been writing songs for like a long time now like i would say dating back to the end of high school okay it's probably when i really started writing songs 
And I'm so glad that I didn't release the music that I had <laughs> back then. Because, guys, you know, starting out as a musician, man, you're going to listen and record some songs. You're going to listen to those back and be like, man, this is trash. Like, <laughs> it's it's going to hurt your pride. But, hey, when you look back and look at those songs and be like, yeah, this was trash, you're going to get better as an artist. And I feel like that's definitely what I've done. I've had a lot of songs that I've held back, um, but I would say it's always been a mix. I've always been doing one and then doing the other. It's yeah. never been like, okay, I'm a straight-up cover artist. I'm only doing covers, and now I'll start writing my own music. It's always been a mix, and I've always just kind of you know, tried to give the people a little bit of both, gotcha. if that makes sense, at and the same time. Yeah, and I wonder, like, does it keep it fresh for you in order to like do that? Like, Is that something where... Um, for your, I'll get for the people too to kind of keep them guessing, but more for yourself. Is that something to kind of keep things interesting and fresh for you? Or, um, I would say so, yeah, because sometimes when when you're doing music, uh, sometimes you can get lost in basically your own sound. I feel like with music, it's always changing. Yeah, there's always new people getting introduced, mm -hmm. and you know, sometimes with music, you might have writer's block. You know, you might not know what your next step is. You might not know what you want to do next. You might not know the the next note you want to hit. You know, you hear somebody else's track, you gain inspiration from it. Not only that, but you put your own spin on it. So, you know, that's why I love doing covers and why I still do them to this day, um, because it inspires the music that I do myself. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I had an artist as well by the name of Lazy on uh, last year in 2020. And uh, similarly, like she got a start with doing covers and still does them from time to time, but mm -hmm. now mostly just does her own music. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things we had talked about, and I was curious to talk to you about it too, because when I was thinking back when I was planning for this episode and thinking back to her, um, was like, does, does, uh, I actually have the question here. I don't know why I'm trying to remember it. Uh, <laughs> is there something about covering songs and being able to like put your own twist on it that reminds you like to have fun and like not really feel pressure creatively, or is there like a different reason why you enjoy doing them? I would say mainly just putting my own spin on it. Yeah. Um, I love hearing like the feedback of, I've had a couple of um, covers as well. Like recently I did a cover to Essence by Wizkid. Yep. I, yep. You know what I mean? I love hearing people say, oh man, I'm not going to lie. I liked your cover a lot more than Wizkid's. <laughs> I'm like, man, are you serious? Like I'm nowhere near Wizkid right now, but. I love hearing stuff like that because it inspires me to keep going. You sure. know what I mean? Sure. And like I said, when you put your own creative spin on things, sometimes it'll give you creative, um, you know, basically a creative thought to doing your own music. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering like where, how that overlap is. And that's interesting mm -hmm. that, um, and that's interesting. People are really enjoying the whiskey. I, that was the most recent one that yeah. I had saw too. Um, how do you decide on what to cover next? It's just, is it just like naturally just a song that you really, really like, or is there like a process you have, like when you're trying to figure out like what song to cover next? Cause I there's so much music out there. I feel like for me, I would say more so it's random. You know, if you hear a song that you like mm -hmm. and you're just singing it around the house, you're like, man, I could do that. <laughs> for me, it's random. I, I don't know how it is for other people. Other people might look at it and be like, Hey, like, I know this song's trendy, went viral on TikTok. Let me just do it because of that. But um, for me, at least, it's got to be something where I'm feeling it at that yeah. time. It's got to be, you know, 
I think I could put my own spin on this. Like, and like I said, it's usually I only cover songs that I listen to. Gotcha. Like I gotta genuinely like it because when I'm singing songs that I'm forced to do it, sometimes I might forget the words. I might just be like, man, I'll, I'll do this later, procrastinate on it. But it's got to be a song that I like. And mainly when I do that, um, it, it's just me around the house singing. And then I'll be like, man, I'm going to do this because I actually want to do this. Yeah. Not because it's trending or, sure, you know, if somebody else went viral singing it. So let me sing it too. You know what I mean? The red live performance that you did for Time is Right as well. Yes. I, I, I forgot to mention that one. So um, love that, by the way. Thank um, you, their thank visuals you. are fantastic. Big shout out to, to those guys. Red X. Uh, thank red you. X. Um, yeah, really curious about how that came to be. And um, yeah, yeah tell, me, tell me about that a little bit. So Red X, um, basically, I feel like I forgot how I ran across Red X. I think it was because I ran. A, so TKO Sonye, he's um, another you know, local uh, Boston artist as well on mm -hmm. the come up. Shout out to you. I think I ran across his um his song called Domestic Girlfriend. It's a really dope song. And I was like, man, I could get on here. Like, basically, Red X, they have, like, a submission process of basically if they think your song is good enough uh, to be on their platform, mm -hmm. they'll select it. You, so, you submit it on their website. Um, and they ended up contacting me a couple of days after and said like, Hey, we would love to have you on here. That's you awesome. know? So, um, I ended up doing that and it was actually really different from what I thought when I got there. Like it was literally just me and Matt Thomas. Um, he's a photographer as well. Um, but there's like so much editing and stuff that goes into things like that. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. it's totally different from when you're watching things on like YouTube as opposed to when you're really there. But when I saw the editing process coming along, I was like, man, this is like really dope. Especially like um, the way they were able to shade the backroom and stuff. Sick. Like it looks completely different. Like I'll tell you guys that when you see these things online, it looks completely different when you're doing it actually there. But it was a really great experience. Um, it was like my first time ever doing something like that because um, I really, I forgot the name of that um of that platform, but there's a platform where they basically kind of do something similar to that. I forgot the name of it. Is it, is it colors by chance? On, colors. On, yes. On YouTube? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I saw that. that and I was like, man, I really want to do something like that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people something. are like, that was, I think like the really the father of like that specific, like aesthetic with just like the microphone, either it's standing so, or dropped yeah. with, a just a blank color background because I know that um, I had another artist on as well, Chiz Capo, uh, this year, and um, he uh, he went on uh, Don Bruno's um, platform as well, uh, Ripe or uh, Tangerines, and his is like orange background, so like mm -hmm. all of his are orange versus the red one, like all theirs is red. So I like yeah. I think that um, yeah, that's that's becoming like a very like popular yeah, medium in a way to do it. But I, I think it's really interesting because it almost feels it's a very intimate way to watch a performance. It's not quite a music video, obviously, but it's really I, I think the the aesthetic of it is really like cool. I just I think I, I think it's engaging to the eye and mm. I almost feel like the, like the less is more element really exactly. shines and it gives the artist an opportunity to like really perform it the way that they want to. And exactly. I, and if you don't notice, like my past two videos have kind of been that way, which is like kind of going against the norm. Cause usually like in pop and R and B music, you get a bunch of guys, you know, get out there, rent out a spot, 
get a bunch of girls come in pool party like yeah. it just gets so like repetitive at some point and i'm really old school with how i do things you know like i like guys like uh ray charles is like one of my favorite yeah. artists uh yeah. stevie wonder, stevie wonder um yeah. like everything was just very different back then but mm-hmm. i like I really like that aesthetic from back in the day. The simplicity aspect. Yeah, it was so simple back then, man. Like, you watch, like, a Michael Jackson performance, and it's, like, nothing to what you see nowadays. Right, right. When he first did, um, like, Billie Jean at, uh, I think it was, like, a Motown performance, it's, like, just literally him there and a mic, and he just got on the glove. Like, nowadays, it's, like, I I don't think anything's wrong with today's music. Um, It's definitely cool to always add, but... It's refreshing to see stuff like that. I, I agree. Which is why I appreciate artists like Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack for mm. bringing that aesthetic back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Oh yeah, they're dude. Their album that they tough. dropped last year. Oh, that was tough. It, I said this on a on a podcast as well. I, I I was so surprised at the pairing, but once you hear it, it like it makes complete total sense. Like it really does. It was a very weird pairing at first. I was like Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. Same. I was. I was like. I was like. This doesn't make sense. But it, it went well. Oh, it, went, <laughs> it went well. They like, found a way. <laughs> trust me. Oh God, yeah. No, and I'm a huge Anderson Pack fan. As you can yeah. see, you got Malibu literally right yes. behind you. Yes, so sir. like, I, I'm you know with the type of music that Pack makes versus Bruno Mars, like. Yeah, I, I thought may, like okay, maybe there could be some overlap here, but I was like, I, I don't, I don't see it. But yeah. then they did it and they brought it back. Oh they gave gosh. it that old school, like you said, like Leave almost eighty. Leave the door open. Oh. oh, my goodness, what? My heart, bro. <laughs> that fucking song. <laughs> and there's actually another song on that album that I mean, I love that song for what it is too. But the one that gets me going is Skate. Yeah, I skate love is that. Fire. I love that. That could have been in Rolled Bones. Yes. I don't know if you've ever I, seen it. Yes, that yes. I love that. That could have been a roll of bounce. Yeah, that definitely could have been you a know? roll of bounce. That would have been perfect. But that's that's like, I love that, you know, because you just don't see that nowadays. Yeah. And that's like the type of artist I want to be. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I've found, like, who I am as an artist. Mm-hmm. And that's the direction I'm going to be going in. Good. I like that, man. You found yourself. I feel like that's what, the way you want to push. I, I like it. Um, I definitely want to get into a little bit more in the main lesson. But first, it's time for a pop quiz. Okay. So, on pop quiz, normally how this works is I'm going to give you a list of rapid fire questions. You're going to answer them as you know, as to the best of your ability. Um, and I'm, I'm, yeah. And then uh, we'll kind of go from there. So, um, you've said before that you have a quote unquote outgoing approach to R&B. What mm-hmm. exactly did you mean by that when you said that? So I would relay it back to basically my love for the old times like the soul soul times like mm-hmm. you know james brown ray charles um bobby caldwell's one stevie wonder michael jackson um i really want that aesthetic to be brought back in my music um i really really want people to see that you know it doesn't always need to be a bunch of strippers in your video it doesn't need to be a bunch of bottles popping i mean it's cool every now and then but you know, it's you got to also know as well, like people are looking up to you as well. Like when you get to a certain point, kids is looking up to you. So you want to, you know, basically be a role model, but also, you know, still be able to get lit. And you could do that with being simplistic. So I feel like that's my outgoing approach. I like it. Um, would I be wrong in saying that you're a basketball fan? 
Hell yeah, I'm a basketball <laughs> fan. What? Who's your Who's your favorite NBA? I'm a, I'm a, uh, who's your? Oh, oh, sorry. I'm go ahead. Go ahead. I'm a Celtics fan. Same. Uh, oh, all right. Man. Let's. All right. Should we talk about it? How do we How do we feel about the? Uh, how do we feel about the, uh, this this past I just series? Changed my whole mood. Man. <laughs> it gets to a point, man, where like usually when when a team loses, you're like, man, if they just had another star. Or if they just had another role player, they like could get it done. But it it kind of got to the point where it's like, damn, you guys just choked. You had it all. And like you- what? <laughs> how do you get better? You know, with what you have. They're, That's how I, I look agree. At it. I agree. Because like, I'm hearing damn, on the radio dude. right now, everyone's like, oh, you know, like, is, are, do Brown and Tatum really work? And and you know, they need to change the roster. And like, well, I'm like, well, they kind of did that already. They brought in Brogdon. That was supposed to be like like the last kind of piece that they needed, like a guy that could handle the ball under pressure that they were lacking last year, right? Because all the turnovers from last year. This year, it was just, I honestly felt like for me, it was just their inconsistency and their like their unwillingness to just kind of like put their put their feet on people's throats and just like take them out. Like they just didn't really have that killer instinct this oh year for gosh. some crazy reason. It's it, going gonna, it's gonna to hurt me to say this, man. I love Jalen Brown, man. Like I love Jalen Brown, but man, dude, does this team need some like, some passion? Some, and the thing is, like, you can change all these role players all you want, get different coaches, but at some point, you gotta look at the top. You know what I mean? It's like who has been here throughout all. I know they're still young. I mean, twenty Jalen Brown's twenty six, Tatum's twenty five. They're still young, but man, dude, you've kind of seen the same product over and over. And they're like an Eastern Conference Finals, maybe Finals team every year. Like yeah. that's been their ceiling at this point. And also, we, we that, have to accept that. Also, <laughs> you do want you don't want your leaders to be like so nonchalant. That's one thing that kills they, me. Like, they are man, dude, if I lose like that, I'm gonna be heated on that presser. Like, I don't know, man. They just they're just very nonchalant, and I feel like that rubs off on your team. You being a leader like that, mm. you know. So, I wouldn't be mad if there was a shakeup. But at the same time, I would also understand if they wanted to keep it going. But I think you're running a risk. Yeah, I, I think you're running a risk either way. I think they're actually in a weird spot because you're right. Like I almost feel as though if they don't shake it up, are they just kind of is that is, is the Eastern Conference Finals their ceiling, <laughs> which is better than a lot of other it's ceilings. Better, but it's like, but come it's on, like, man, that can't be possibly be the ceiling. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what? Like I would love to see Jalen Brown's like. I think he has, he's such a good speaker and he's Mm. so intelligent and he is really passionate about a lot of things off the court. I would almost love to see it a little bit more on the court. I think that that would maybe help it, but Tatum too. Like they just, they're like, they're just like, Oh, it's a make him his league. The the nonchalantness. I completely agree. I just want to, I just want to shake them sometime. Like, dude, like we're losing right now. Get your head in the game. And then for them to do what they did for them to go down three Oh, Come all the way back. And then just let me – not even lose. Okay, it's one thing. You lost the game, but it was very competitive, man. They I agree. They hit a tough shot. Yes. And they beat us. Yeah. A couple balls bounced the, the wrong way. I'm cool with that too. I agree. But to go out there and just – yeah, they just got destroyed. Destroyed. Seven. Yeah, and It weren't even in that game. There was a stat that they haven't – It's they haven't scored that low points in, uh, I believe it was two and a half, almost three years. 
Their lowest point total in the last three seasons was 92 points. They scored 84 in a game seven in the Eastern Conference Finals. When you in were your- <laughs> And you came back from 3-0. In your home. In your home building. And especially after the Derek White put back, which was insane. It was insane. So, like, how does that not how does that not propel you? If that doesn't yeah, you know there's what I mean? a disconnect. There's, there's something something, that, wrong. something wrong there. I don't know what it is either. And I and I don't and I agree with you. Like, I don't think changing the coach just like changes everything. I know Udoka coach wise was better. Yeah, he but, brought them to the finals, but but they but they imploded in the finals. Yeah. So I was hoping that this was the year they were going to take that leap, and but even in the Atlanta series, it never it never felt like it was really the same team. They should not have let six that, games with sh- Atlanta is crazy. And then seven with after Philly, sweeping was the Nets last year, no bueno. That's why I'm more leaning on the side of Brown going. I don't want that to happen, but man, dude, does something need to change? Yeah, I think you're right. I, I I would agree with you. It's the attitude. It has nothing to do with the talent. They were the most talented team this year, by far. I, I not, would say by, so. Maybe not by far, but they definitely, I, I think, would say they're the best talented team on paper yes, in the NBA. Yes. On paper. That's yeah. that's a key word, paper. Yeah. yeah. You know? The one thing that just drives me crazy with Missoula what is a lot of the decisions on the timeouts and earlier in the series and then not playing Rob Williams as much was strange like rob williams getting anywhere from like 15 to 20 minutes a game like it feels like he should be playing 25 almost 30 minutes but a night like that was weird to me you got to understand also the type of coach Missoula is i feel like he's trying to be the next dan tony like yeah. he loves three-pointers loves it not, like not a, not a defense guy at all yeah which it's not really you gotta him. play some defense and that's why i'm like did they rush the interim tag Hundred percent, they did. No question about it. You know, and it, it it would just look so bad. You cannot fire another coach. You can't fire him now. But the nope. thing is, you don't want to waste another year, and they might do that with Mozula as head coach. Mm-hmm. It's just ugh, that Udoka situation just It's so shitty. It's so shitty. Um, I agree with you though. So I, I so for context, I've actually coached high school basketball for ten okay. years, and I played throughout high school, played a little bit of college, and I will say that when. When my team, the few, you know, the few times that my team over the years have been just not only blown out, but like we didn't even show up blown out. That's <laughs> when I get some more pissed. That's I've always said to any of my former players that are potentially listening to this would attest <laughs> that my whole thing was always I don't care if we lose, if we are, if we give our best effort yes. and we fall short, all good, all good. We pick up the pieces and we mm-hmm. move forward. But if we just no show. <laughs> Why did I even? Why, yeah, like, what, what, why are we even here right now? Why are we even here? Why am I coaching harder than you're playing? <laughs> I should not. I shouldn't want this more than you. And that is like it. And the thought, like, I shouldn't want a championship more than, than Jalen Brown yeah. and Jason Tatum. <laughs> Seriously, neither of us should want a championship more than Jason Brown. Uh, sorry, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. We shouldn't. And sometimes I feel like we do. I agree. I agree for sure. Anyway, this is a very long but awesome tangent off pop quiz. But Mike, I was curious who your favorite player in the league right now currently is. Um, man. Any team. I wouldn't even say like a favorite player, but. Or a guy you like to watch that you find interesting and. I would say. Or a guy maybe you'd like to see on the Celtics. Maybe I mean, I'll try to. Remember. I don't really have a favorite player, but. um. 
someone's a, a person's game that I love to watch is James Harden, even though he's terrible in the playoffs. <laughs> like I just love like his handle. He's just he does have a nice. nice. He drives me. He's one of my least favorite players in the league, though. Like yeah, <laughs> by far. Understandably, I just, understandably, I despise like James the things he says about his con- his play teammates, and but I'm like, man, that dude is just talented. You know what I mean? Even though he doesn't perform in the playoffs. He's yeah. just an entertaining player to watch. It's like a Kyrie situation. Basketball yeah. is an art. <laughs> <laughs> um, all time, would would you say Kobe is your favorite player? I know you're you're, you're definitely a Kobe fan, right? I love Kobe. Yeah. Um, I just don't. I don't really have like a favorite player. You, you, though. You, yeah. So now you You know thing. what I mean? Yeah. It's not really my thing. Even with like jerseys and stuff, like my Celtics gear, like I don't have jerseys because there's so much player movement. I don't buy jerseys either for that I reason. I would say like my last player that I really actually did have a favorite player at one point, and okay. that was Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, uh, of the Celtics. Uh, Celtics Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Oh, that was. It that was, was just, a, I that felt, was fun. I felt the passion out there. Our team exactly. wasn't even as good back oh, then. Oh, not even close. Like, not dude, close. we had Jay Crowder, Amir Johnson, Avery Bradley. And luckily got Al Horford in free Brown agency. wasn't even playing at that point. He no, was he only was a coming rookie. off the bench. Yeah, he, he was barely drafted. playing. Yeah, yeah. But you felt the you felt it. Yeah, like, I just yeah. don't feel it out there. And yeah. you have a way better roster. Oh my god, it's not way even. It's, have, it's not even close. Come on, it's night and day. It's night but and day. But I would say he was fun. My last favorite player was Isaiah Thomas. Cool, cool. Um, who do you think is the most underrated player in the league? So yeah, no more favorites. Underrated player. That you think that that you think doesn't get enough love? Underrated man. Um, underrated player. I would say. I would say Jamal Murray. I like that Jamal answer. Jamal Murray. I like that answer. He's never been selected as an All Star, man, and he's literally torching the league. Not only is he doing it this year, but he's done it before. He just experienced an injury. He just had the injury, exactly. I would say Jamal Murray at this point. Um, I think that's a great answer. Definitely him, for sure, because he's played at an all-star level before. It's not like a Caleb Martin situation mm. or like Gabe Vincent where like they just went crazy for a series. And like, yeah. That was it. You know what I, I mean? I think Jamal Murray's very I would say Jamal Murray, for sure. I like that answer. LeBron or Jordan? Who's, who's the best player? Ooh, that's tough. That's so tough. Oh man. Yo, I would say I don't like the ring conversation, so we're not gonna look at rings because I didn't look at rings. LeBron or Jordan? That was it. If you look at rings, (laughs) Bill Russell is the best. Fair enough. So I would say LeBron. The old school guy goes with LeBron. You heard it here first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say LeBron. I would. That's scoring leader. I never thought that would be broken. Mm-mm. I was like, Kareem got that on lock. Like, I was like, you know, like, good you have to be at a certain point in your career. Like, at 38 years old, to pass that is crazy. Yeah. But I would say the one advantage that LeBron had over everybody is that he started out after high school. Yeah. He so it's going to be very yeah. hard to beat his record now because more, yeah, people come out of college. Yep. Exactly. You know, so if, if if there was anybody, it was going to be his era because they came in at 18. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Have you seen, uh, speaking of new guys coming in the league, have you seen this uh, Victor Wembenyama specimen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I what have. Do you, what do you think? Is he gonna be? Is he gonna be living up to the hype, or is he a bust? I don't think he'll be a bust, but I feel like people put so much 
on these guys that are like, they really do. do you know how young you are? Like coming into the league, you're like 18, 19, 20 years old. Like that's a lot of pressure, man. Especially on a team where like Greg Popovich is going to be retiring probably soon. Like, yeah, he's got maybe what, maybe two or three more good years in him. Yeah, man. It's like, I think dude, them getting Wembenyama maybe gave him an extra year. Just yeah, because yeah, because he, he's yeah. like, I want to. At least have him on the right path before yeah, I leave. Before, exactly. Maybe give him a season or two and right. then just retire, man. Right, because he's getting up there. He's getting old. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Victor Wembanyama, I don't know, man. Cause his, I don't even, his, his game fascinates me. It fascinates me, but I'm like, I don't know. As his, as his build, I feel like he could be injury prone if he doesn't, like, beef up a little bit. Like a Chet Holmgren situation recently. like Yeah, like Chet similar. Holmgren. Everybody was hyping him up, and he just gets hurt, like, yeah. in a summer league game. Like, yeah. it, I feel like – I don't think it will be a thing of talent. I think it will just be a thing of, of injuries. Attrition, yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's different when you get to the league. Like, look at AD. Like, AD gets hurt just getting – just a finger touched on him. He's out for like two to three weeks and he's actually built muscle. So right, imagine right. somebody at his age. Yeah. That could either make or break you as a player. Agreed. The one person I will say that I thought that was going to happen, but surprised me hasn't as much yet. Knock on wood is uh Giannis. Cause Giannis did look about not as maybe as skinny as when Ben Yama did when he came into the league. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, if you look at Giannis coming into the league yeah. versus what he looks like now, <laughs> He's a big, like, his shoulders are now the size of our heads versus, like, he was rail thin. When yeah, he came exactly. Movie. So there is hope. I hope, like, with a proper nutrition and weight program diet, like, hopefully that all works for for Victor. But mm. he also was seven fucking five. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's way bigger than Giannis. He's, like, almost six, six inches taller than Giannis. That's the thing, though. But I look at that and I look at guys like um, Manute Bowl, mm-hmm. um, rest in peace. Uh, yeah. I look at guys like Yao Ming. I was about to say Yao Ming, too. Like Dude, they injury just struggled just with direct. injuries. When yeah. you're, like, that tall, I think there's this thing called, like, gigantism or something like that. When you're that tall, your body is just, like, even Andre the Giant, I think he had that. He did, um, yeah. And it's always with your feet. Just, Especially yeah, in basketball, it's, like, it's always God the feet. Damn, dude. It's always yeah. the feet. Th- that's why I don't think it would be a thing as far as talent. It would be um, a, a challenge for him just as far as nutrition. I yeah, think he yeah. has all the talent in the world, all the skills. Just got to kind of put it all together and make and sure his body's healthy. ready to go. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, because obviously the French league is going to be a lot different than the NBA. Yeah, than the it's NBA. Be, it's going to be a lot like, more physical. And um, yeah, I, I do hope for good things for Victor Wembanyama. I think he's going into a good situation in San Antonio. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so happy he's going there and not like charlotte yeah or, like where he can try to form a super team like let him develop yeah, yeah let him yeah. help some, another I, franchise yeah or yeah either that I, I didn't want him to go to houston i'm glad he's going to i wanted mm-hmm. him either in san antonio or portland those were the two places i would have liked to see him i would have liked to see him with dame but i prefer same, him to be alone yeah just just do build, your thing on your own build around him and let's you see how I mean? let's see how good he yeah. really is yeah i agree um i like it um I definitely want to brush up a little bit. We're going to talk more about this, but um, mm-hmm. since you being a photographer, like what's your favorite like uh, thing to take photos of? Are you like a nature guy? Do you like taking headshots? Like when you take photos, like what's like, what really excites you in terms of like photography? Like, is it scenery? Like, so photography, um, it came for me at a certain point. Uh, I would say around the pandemic, Oh, wow. Is when I realized, like, you know, I need more pictures um, just as far as, like, you know, for my feed. Um, 
So I really was reaching out to photographers and stuff like that. But it really got to a point where I was like, man, instead of like spending all this money on like photographers and like, what if I don't like the way the pictures come out? You know, what if I don't like the way they were edited and I just got to live with it? You know what I mean? Like it got to a point where I was like, if I just invest like $600, $700 in a good camera and then get like a $300 lens, I could do this all on my own. Like I don't need any, like all I need is somebody to just be there and take the picture from me. Shoot, they might even get free pictures themselves. Like yeah. I could do pictures for them while they're at it. So it's like, it just got to a point where um, that was really my, uh, my uh my main goal um but as far as like pictures in general um i would say like i like taking landscape um just about anything like i could take a picture like that i have a couple of city photos that i took of um boston and also um downtown providence um i've done a couple of photo shoots like uh a photo shoot that i did for my my good friend aunt um, Anthony, he has a apparel business, so he does okay. um, a clothing company called So Boss Apparel. I did a photo shoot for them on my. Uh, it's a recent, relatively small page. Uh, Tyler Visuals, you can find it on my um, Instagram yeah, tag. We'll, we'll link it in the description actually. For um, yeah. But yeah, it's a relatively small um, Instagram profile. I've just been building up of stuff I've done for you know friends that either need photos taken or just when I'm bored, I might be in the arcade. Um, I took a, a couple of photos in the arcade um, a couple of weeks ago and did some edits on them just to show my, my range and what I could do as a photographer as well. Dope. Dope. But wow. it's something I really do just in my free time at this point. You cool. know? Awesome. Your song Mood was featured on 98.1 in 2020. Mm-hmm. What was it like to be on the radio for the first time? That was crazy, man. And I was really like, at that point, um, I was really a young buck. Um, I mean, I'm still a young buck. But at that point, like, it was just really just me playing around and doing shows in Boston. It wasn't really, I didn't really have more so a structure. I didn't really know the type of artist that I wanted to be. I was just making music. And um, basically how that came about was um, my good friend G Weeks. Um, his girlfriend actually worked on the radio. Okay. And she heard that song um, one time when I was um, in a studio session with him. She was like, yo, like, we got to at least get this on the radio a couple of times. So it wasn't even really a thing of me, like, reaching out to people. It was just more so uh, a, a gift. Like a circumstance. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, man, like, I really appreciate that. Um, I remember the night they, they played it the, for the first time. I was like, man, that's dope. Like, I would have never imagined to be on the radio. That's pretty cool. Like, it was really cool. That's so it kept me, to, kept me, it inspired me to keep going. I love know? that. I love that. Um, so you've covered songs from like ranging from Usher, Adele, Justin Timberlake, Wizkid most recently, as you mentioned, um, what's like the favorite song you've ever covered? Favorite song I've ever covered without thinking about it too, too much, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be Bobby Codwell. Nothing touches that. What you won't do for love. Love it. Um, a song that you'd like to cover that you haven't yet. A song that I would like to cover that I have not covered yet would be, whew, man, these are some, some tough ones. Uh, man, I would say definitely a song from Beyonce. Um, I'd probably say Halo okay. by Beyonce. That would be a challenge. That would be. Yeah. It would be interesting to see it from like 
how a, a you know a male sounding yeah voice would, you know what how I mean? that would how that would, would be up. a challenge for me cool because um, i feel like a lot of male songs it's like really easy for me to do um but definitely a song where i have to like test out a higher range for sure cool awesome well there you go pop quiz you uh i think you received a, a passing grade at the very least not an a, so well done to you congratulations to you applause um I do want to just quickly touch on a couple more things before the final segment of the show. Um, really, what's going on for you long term? So, any like new music you're working on at this point, or um, new music? Um, I've really been trying to, I would say, experiment um, experiment with more sounds. So I'm still on the lookout for you know new producers as well. Um, the producers that I have, I've been working with them for a little bit, but. I always like to work with new um, new people. Um, so I'm still currently finding some new producers, and I plan on releasing at least at least one or two more songs this year, and um, I want to get a video in as well. Um, but yeah. Awesome. Definitely. Awesome. Well, guys, make sure you be on the lookout for Derek's, uh, any of his new music, um, for sure. Make sure you guys check that out. And obviously, the link in the description for any of the uh, his most recent songs, like Time is Right and Imagine. Uh, man, it's been a great episode. Thank you so much for coming down and being here, uh, making the drive. This has been a lot of fun and, and very unique experience for me to have somebody that, you know, obviously, I know you're from Boston, but, mm -hmm. you know, living in Providence now, I feel like that's, you brought a different perspective here. And um, I appreciate that. Uh, I do have time for one more question. And this is usually uh, my favorite question to ask and usually artist's favorite question to ask. This is the open response segment of the show. And in the open response, any of our recurring listeners know this is the dream song scenario. Mm -hmm. So you get a song that's a Derek Tyler song and it can be produced and be and have any features that you want anybody dead or alive. So I'll structure for you. You get one to two producers to produce that song and you get three guest artists dead or alive who would be on Derek Tyler's dream song scenario. Take as much time as you need. All right. So for my dream song, as far as producers, First would be Quincy Jones Ooh. for my dream song. Quincy Jones, definitely. Um, you said two producers, right? You get one to two. Yep. One if you want just two. Quincy, that's fine. If you want to add someone else with that with that production as well, you may. Um, so I would say Quincy Jones, and also I'd go with Timbaland. Ooh, Timbaland. That'd be, a, that'd be an interesting pairing. That that'd be a different one because I feel like Timbaland can kind of. I feel like they can kind of balance each other out. Whereas you see Timbaland has worked with Justin Timberlake a lot. And he's made a lot of his sounds basically still have that, still have that oomph, like the soul, but at the same time, it's still modern enough to, you know, appease to the younger crowd. Definitely. During the, the time of his uh, records being released that were really big. Um, so I would say Quincy Jones, Timbaland um, for the producers. Artist. Um, so I would definitely have Chris Brown okay. as one of my artists um, on there. Uh, Michael Jackson. The third one is very tough. Very tough. Um, hmm. mm -mm -mm. That third one's tough. I'm going to have to go with. Hmm. Let's go with. Beyonce. Ooh. Well, well, 
female energy on that. Yeah, show, yeah. There you go. I like that. Beyonce, uh, Michael, and uh, Chris. Damn, I think that'd damn. be a, a really good collaboration. I, I would hope so. I would think, <laughs> like, I would think so. <laughs> You heard it here first, guys. Derek Tyler featuring Chris yes. Brown, Michael Jackson, and Beyonce, produced by Quincy Jones and Timbaland. Yes. I think it would be a hit. Thank you. Fantastic. <laughs> we we manifest at turntable teachers. That's 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 what we do here. So who knows? Maybe someday that will be a chart topping. Never hit. know. Um, you never you never know. Derek, thanks so much for being here, man. This was Thank so you. much fun. I appreciate having you for real and you being here. Um, nothing left to do but plug away so let people know where they can find you socials uh, anything anybody you want to shout out anything like that you want to plug go for it all right well um as far as finding me online um you guys can find me at derek the gifted that's going to be d e r e k the gifted and that's going to be on all platforms youtube uh instagram uh tiktok you can find me by that handle everywhere um Shout out to my boy J. Cal. Shout out to everybody um, that has produced my records. Um, really got appreciate you guys, and it's what led me to this point. So, you know, I really appreciate all the help from everyone along the way. And uh, most importantly, thank you for having me on the platform once again. Of course, of course, of course, man. If you're a uh, fan of Derek Tyler just coming on to us for the first time, you can follow us at Turntable Teachers on Instagram and TikTok. Head to our website turntableteachers.com for all the latest blogs podcast episodes merch and uh, like i said make sure that you uh hit us up at aoa studios on instagram aoastudios.org if you are a vocalist artist podcaster producer we've got a ton of specials and service on our services for the rest of the summer and into the early fall Make sure you guys take advantage of those. And um, yeah, that's it, man. Thanks again for an awesome episode. Really appreciate it. You having uh, you coming by, Derek. As always, I'm Mike. That's Derek with the Turntable Teachers. And class is officially dismissed. Turn, 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 turn,